Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. We present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Margot Mystery. Episode 6, mainly about Wyman. Paul, you were right. There is something burning. Someone started a fire, Steve. Oh, Paul! We've got to get this door open. It's no use, I'm afraid. Could we get out of this window? Well, it's a good height from the ground. Is there anything underneath? No. Then we can't get out that way. But there only is some way of forcing the lock. But Paul, there's a set of fire irons over here. Couldn't you use the poker to force the door? Well, it's certainly worth trying. Hold the torch, Steve. Right. Now, if I can get the end wedged into the mortise, keep the torch steady, please. Sorry. Ah, that's it. Let's hope the poker doesn't bend. Ah, got it. Oh, good. Come on. Wait, Steve. Get behind the door. There may be somebody outside. (coughs) (coughs) Oh, smoke. It's all right. There's no one there. Wait a second to get our bearing. Staircase is on fire. We'll we'll never get out that way. Oh, Only one of the rooms on this landing. I think he's in that room on the left. Keep behind me, Steve. All right. Anyone in here? Please come and help me. Wyman, what on earth are you doing here? Oh, he died. <coughs> Timothy has had the same treatment as Ted Angus. Oh. Quickly, Steve, help me with these ropes. Yes. No, you hold the torch. I'll do it. Uh, Tony, try and lift your right arm so we can... He passed out. <coughs> I tried to gag him, but he's loosened it. As soon as I've untied this rope, we'll try to get him downstairs. But we'll, we'll never get him down the main staircase. <coughs> so what it was like. Help me. Shampoo. Don't let him. We are helping you, Tony. We're doing the best we can, but I... I can't get this confounded rope undone. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's done it. That's cleared the rope. Temple, there's a stone staircase at the back of the house. I think that's the best Yeah, way. all right, Tony. Show us where it is. Help me to lift him across my shoulder, Steve. Right, Come now. That's it. Have you got the torch? Yes, I, I, I'm sure you can manage it. Yes, don't worry about me. Easy now. Hold on, Tony. Gently. Easy. That's it. They double-crossed me. 
They said they were going to... It looks as if he's had a pretty nasty bang on the head. Yes. Can't we get into the car? No, I don't think so. It's the best part of half a mile down the drive. Temple. Yes, Danny, what is it? You... You, Temple? Yes. I've got to tell you... Something. Yes, go on, Danny. It's about... About... Kelvin. Julia Kelvin? No, no. Kelvin. You know... George Kelvin. Yes, I know George Kelvin. What about him? Kelvin. The fence. Don't let him get near. Don't let him touch the fence. Oh, he's passed out again. Yes. Steve, I think you'd better come with me. We obviously can't do anything for him until we get a doctor. Oh, yes. Yes, all right. Better lift his feet. Yes. I wish we'd got something to put under his head. But... Take my raincoat. I don't need it. Good. There. Oh, I I think it'd be a little more comfortable anyway. Mm. I think you'll be all right for the time being. Have you got the torch? Yes, I've got it. Come on, then. This way. The fire seemed to start so quickly. It was the petrol. What was Tony Wyman doing there? I don't know, but somebody obviously resented his being there and beat him up. I didn't like the look of him, Steve. I hope we can get a doctor quickly. We still haven't seen Fiona Scott. I'm beginning to wonder if there's any such person. Mm, She's probably acting on instructions. Shine the torch, Steve. Ah, here's the rope and the car. At last. Well, we shouldn't be long now. Come on, in you get. You'll have to be careful backing the car down to the gate. No, I think I can manage. Well, look, shall I get out and guide you? No, no, stay where you are for the present, Steve. Funny, it should start on a warm night like this. I've never had this trouble before. What are you going to do? Take a look under the body. Pass me the torch, Steve. Here you are. Thanks. What is it? Someone's taken the rotor arm. The car's useless. But what are we going to do? There's only one thing we can do. We'll have to walk to the road in the hope of finding somebody. How much longer? We'll soon be at the end of the drive. Oh, what's that place over there? Hmm? On your left amongst the trees. Looks like a hut or something. Hmm. Let's take a look at it. What is this place? Do you hear that noise? Yes. It's a motor of some kind. It's a dynamo. This is a small powerhouse. It must supply the current for the main building. You mean breakwater house? Yes. There's a crack in the door. Let's see if we can see anything. Give me the torch, please. Well? There are a lot of switches and things. Yes, that's what it is. A powerhouse. Come on, Steve. Let's get back to the drive. The gates are closed. The wrought iron gates. By so they are. That's very odd. A hefty padlock and chain. Now what do we do? Well, I suppose I could try to climb over oh, and... Oh, no, you couldn't possibly. It's much too high. I must say, I can't see the point of this, and this is just a delaying action. Well, there, there must be some way out. What's on your side of the gate? A mesh wire fence. What about yours? Same. It looks 
well and new. Quite strong. Well, there must be a gap somewhere. Let's walk around and see if we can There's find... There's a car coming. I saw the headlights catch the top of the trees. Oh, yes. It seems to be coming up to the gates. Wonder who it can be. I expect it's someone who saw the fire. Hello there. Hi there, Temple. Sorry we're late. Why, hello, Langdon. Kelpin's there, too. Good evening, Temple. I'm sorry we're late, but we had the deuce of a job finding this place. Why on earth did you ask us to meet you here? I asked you to meet me here? Yes. When? What do you mean, when? You sent a note just now that I was finishing dinner. And the note said... The note asked me to meet you here tonight. It said you had some information about my wife. Well, why in heaven's name you should ask me to meet you in a godforsaken place like this, I can't imagine. Kelvin, I didn't send that note. You didn't? No. Then who on earth did? Say, wait a minute. What's going on up the hill there? Is that a fire temple? Yes, and Tony Wyman's very badly hurt and he needs a doctor. It's urgent. Tony Wyman? Is he here? Is that what you were going to tell me, Temple? That you discovered that young Tony Wyman and my wife... I wasn't were... going to tell you anything. I told you I didn't send that note. Well, somebody did. Look, Mr. Calvin, Wyman is very seriously ill. He needs a doctor. Where is he, Mrs. Temple? He's up near the house. We had to leave him there. Well, I drive back to the village. You stay here, George. Yes, yeah, all right, but don't be long, Langdon. And phone the fire brigade. Yeah, I will. Can I join you, Temple, or is this gate locked? No, it's locked. There must be some way through. Let's take a look at this fence. Well, we've already looked at the fence. Temple, come over here. It seems to sag just along there. Maybe if he lifted the wire, I could crawl through. Yes, all right. Paul, wait. What is it, Steve? Look. Look here, hmm? where I'm shining the torch. A dead squirrel. It's been caught on the wire. Yes, but that wouldn't have killed it. Look at its coat. It's all scorched. Good Lord, of course it's been electrocuted. That means that the fence must... Don't touch that fence, Kelvin. Don't touch it, Mr. Kelvin. Phew. That was a near thing. Paul, that is what Wyman meant. He must have known that Mr. Kelvin was coming here and he told us to warn him. What do you mean, Mrs. Temple? Tony Wyman told us to warn you about the fence. He said, don't let Kelvin touch it. Wyman said that? Yes. But how did Wyman know I was coming here? I wonder if he sent that note. But if he sent the note, then obviously it was a trap to get you here. That's what I mean. Then why did he warn you about the fence? Well, you had quite a night, Temple. <laughs> we certainly had, Sir Graham. Finally, we went back to the powerhouse and switched off the current. Unfortunately, I still haven't been able to contact Miss Scott. Well, that doesn't surprise me after what happened. Which reminds me. How did you find her phone number? Well, the Brighton police found it for us. Incidentally, Mr. Temple, the house is owned by some people called Delaware who've been living in California for the past two years. They couldn't get the price they wanted for it, so it's been lying empty. I see. The thing that puzzles me, Temple, is why Tony Wyman went to the house. It's obvious he went there to meet someone, but who was it? I don't know, Sir Graham. Could it have been you, Mr. Temple? Well, what do you mean, Superintendent? Well, from what you've told us, he obviously expected you. He called out to you by name. Yes, he expected me, all right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's why he went to the house in the first place. Well, I don't know. Perhaps Kelburn wasn't the only person who received a note with your name on it. Yes, yes, that's certainly a point, Rain. Yeah, incidentally, did you see the note, Temple? Yes, it was certainly signed with my name, but of course it wasn't my signature. I suppose you couldn't blame Kelvin for thinking it was. He wouldn't know your writing. Well, neither do I know his, or Langdon's. That note could have been written by either of them just to explain away their presence at the house. Yes, that's true. What was the latest report on Wyman? Uh, not very healthy, I'm afraid. Mm. May I come in, Sir Graham? Ah, yes, come along in, Burton. Uh, Temple, this is Detective Inspector Burton. 
Brighton CID. Oh, good morning, Inspector. Oh, good morning, Mr. Temple. Oh, I'm very pleased to meet you, sir. Any news of Fiona Scott? No trace of her, Superintendent. She left her digs after getting Mr. Temple's phone call, and she simply vanished. We're still making inquiries. Um, however, I uh, thought this might interest you, sir. Hmm? What is it? It's a report on some of the fingerprints we found at Breakwater House, sir. One set quite obviously belongs to Midge Harris. Midge Harris? Well, surely he's in Brixton at the moment. That's right, sir. He's awaiting trial. We pulled him in about three weeks ago. He was mixed up in the Regent Street smash and grab. That's the one where the loot's still missing. That's right, Inspector. About £250,000 worth of silver plate and jewellery. I remember Midge Harris. Short, red-haired little chap. He was one of the small fry in that safe deposit affair. I put in a word for him. Yes, that's the chap. You say you picked him up about three weeks ago. Yes, that's right. You were in America, Temple. There was a smash and grab in Regent Street. We picked up Harris, and four witnesses, including the jeweller, identified him. I see. Then obviously he must have been in Breakwater House some time ago. Well, certainly before he was picked up, yes. Hmm. So, Graham, do you think I could have a word with Midge Harris? Well, I don't see why not, if you think it will serve any useful purpose. Oh, you're wasting your time, Mr. Temple. Oh, why do you say that? Midge won't talk, even if he knows anything. I had six hours with him the day he was arrested. He wouldn't tell me who his confederates were, where the stuff was hidden, or anything. He just wouldn't talk. I'd still like to see him, Superintendent. Hello? Yes, speaking. Um, just a moment, please. It's for you, Inspector. Oh, thank you, sir. Hello? Yeah? Oh, hello, Sergeant. Hmm. When did it happen? I see. Well, you know what to do. The usual drill. Ah, uh, thank you for ringing. What is it, Burton? Bad news, I'm afraid, sir. Tony Wyman's dead. He died this morning without regaining consciousness. Is that you, Paul? Where are you, Steve? In the drawing room. Pour me out a glass of sherry, will you? I've had a rather hectic morning. Yes, sir. Is there any news of Tony Wyman? Yes, I'm afraid there is, Steve. He's dead? You don't sound very surprised. Well, I could see he was in a pretty bad way when they put him in the ambulance. Yes, it's a pity. Apart from anything else, there were so many things he could have told us. Yes. What does Sir Graham think? He's just as puzzled as we are. Paul, do you think Fiona Scott arranged to see Tony at Breakwater House? I don't know. It's possible, I suppose. I certainly think he had an appointment with someone. It could have been Calvin. Yes. Oh, his wife called round here this morning. Linda? When was this? Just after you left. Go on, see what happened. Well, it was about a quarter to eleven. Charlie had gone out to do some shopping. I was in your dressing room and the bell rang, and it was, well, two or three minutes before I answered it. Hello, Steve. May I come in? Oh, Linda, yes, of course. I happened to be passing, and I thought perhaps I... Well, won't you sit down? Steve, I want to work with your husband. I realize he probably hates being interrupted. I'm sorry, work. but he's out, Linda. He's at Scotland Yard. Oh. I gather there's some trouble between you and your husband. Putting it mildly. Things have been impossible just lately, quite impossible. He, he's so jealous, it just isn't true. Darling, may I have a cigarette? Yes, of course. There's some in that box beside you. Help yourself. Thank you. 
He's always imagining I'm having an affair with someone, with younger men. Do you have affairs with younger men, Linda? Don't be idiotic. What do you take me for? George gives me everything I want. Why should I stick my neck out like that? Well, we did see you in a sports car with Larry Cross one evening. Larry Cross? Dr. Ben Carter's secretary. Paul and I saw you a couple of nights ago. You were in a clean sports car. A clean sports Oh, yes, of course. I remember now. Oh, so his name's Cross, is it? I knew he was the doctor's secretary, of course. Otherwise, I wouldn't have accepted a lift from him. Oh, he was just giving you a lift? Mm, that's right. I'd been to the cinema in Curzon Street and couldn't get a taxi. Suddenly, he drew up and offered me a lift. But you didn't know who he was? I didn't know his name. Well, how did you know he was Dr. Ben Carter's secretary, then? Because I'd been to see the doctor myself. This man, Larry Cross, did you say his name was, makes the appointments. Why did you go and see Dr. Ben Carter, Linda? My dear Steve, what is this, an inquisition? Oh, sorry, madam. <laughs> if you must know, I, I was nervy, on edge, couldn't sleep. It's really not surprising after all I've been through just lately. Did you know that Julia consulted Dr. Ben Carter? Yes, and that's how I came to go there myself. Julia raved about her. What was she treating Julia for? Do you know? She was taking drugs. Dr. Benkari was trying to cure her of the habit. I see. Linda, tell me, is it just since Julia died that things have become difficult between you and your husband? They've come to the surface more, if that's what you mean. Things have been particularly difficult since Mike Langdon arrived. I sometimes wonder if he puts ideas into George's head. Oh, why should he do that? Well... He'd seen me at the hide-and-seek once or twice talking to Tony Wyman. By the way, I read about Tony this morning. Is he badly hurt? Yes, I'm afraid he is. Was he conscious when you found him? Well, it was hopeless to try and question him, if that's what you mean. I didn't mean anything in particular. I just wondered how he was. Is that what you wanted to see Paul about? Tony Wyman? No, no, it was something quite different. I've already told you most of it. Well, then... Why not tell me the rest, Linda? It's just this, Steve. I happened to overhear a conversation between my husband and Mike Langdon. Mike was telling George that your husband was the best man to get the evidence for him. What evidence? Against me? For the divorce? <laughs> Paul doesn't go in for that sort of thing. You must know that. George has a way of persuading people. You mean money? Yes. Well, don't worry, Linda. It'll take more than money to persuade my husband to do something he doesn't want to do. Look, would you like a cup of coffee? Yes. Love one, Steve. And what time did she About twelve. I think she wanted to know if Tony Wyman had told us anything. Yes. What time are we having lunch? Just after one. Why, have you an appointment? Yes, I'm seeing Ken Sinclair at three o'clock. Ken Sinclair? Oh, that's the uh, the crime reporter on the evening word. Mm, that's right. What are you seeing him about? Well, I'm interviewing a man called Midge Harris tomorrow afternoon, and I think Ken may know something about him. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ken. Ah, it's good to see you. Nice of you to spare me half an hour. Can I get you a drink, sir? Um, please, I'd like a whiskey and soda. Ken, what are you drinking? No, 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 I'm fine, thanks. Well, what's it all about? What can I do for you? Ken, while I was in America, there was a smash and grab in Regent Street. The police arrested a man called Mitch Harris. That's right. Give me the lowdown. What exactly happened? Well, whoever did the job got away with jewelry to the value of about a quarter of a million. Mm-hmm. Mitch was in on it. There's no doubt about that. He was identified. He was just one of the boys. He certainly wasn't the brains behind the setup. Who do you think was behind it? 
Right, this character they call the fence. I don't think there's any doubt he's behind the operation. Let's face it, he's behind most of the robberies these days. Yes. You see, the whole point is, the boys know the moment they've pulled a job, the stuff will be taken off their hands and they'll be paid good money for it. This chap's really got things organized. He operates on an international scale, handle anything. But why are you interested in Mitch Harris and the fence? I, I thought you were investigating the Kelburn murder. I am. Oh, you think there's a connection? Well, it could be. Ken, tell me about Mitch Harris. What's he been doing during the past two or three years? Well, he had a job with a transport firm for a time. It was only a cover for his more nefarious activities, I'm sure of that. He's been living with a girl called Sally Jackson. Strange girl. She used to be an art student when she started the ladies' hairdressers in Camden Town. Sally Jackson? Yeah. Uh, how long have they been together? Oh, about three or four years. Don't quite know what she saw in Midge. She was a very much better class person than he was. What is it? I'm looking for Miss Sally Jackson. Then you'll have to look a long way. She ain't here. Oh. Have you any idea where I can find her? No, she's gone abroad, she has. Well, you could try Paris or the Riviera. She hasn't left the forwarding address. No. All I know is she asked me to stop here and keep an eye on the place. Mark! The girl's boiling! I'm coming! Oh, I wish somebody'd take me to the Riviera away from these blasted kids. Do you know when Miss Jackson's coming back? Well, not yet, I hope, because I've got nowhere fixed. Here, who are you asking all these questions? You're not the police. No, as a matter of fact, I'm a friend of Midge Harris's. Oh, him. <laughs> Ain't got no more sense than what he was born with. Proper nitty was getting nabbed like that. Don't deserve a nice girl like Sal. Oh, the girl's on fire! All right, Sidney, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm sorry I'm late, Superintendent, but I've had rather a busy day. Oh, that's all right. I've spoken to the governor. They're fetching Harris now. Ah, good. Oh, by the by, I went to see a girl named Sally Jackson this morning. <laughs> Midge's girlfriend. Oh, so you know. Yeah. She wasn't at home, of course. No, she was in the south of France, from what I could gather. Well, that's near enough. Soon after we picked up Midge, Sally suddenly came into money and decided to travel. Where did you get the money from, do you know? Well, our bet is someone took care of her in order to stop Mids talking. Oh. Good afternoon, Superintendent. Ah, good afternoon, Governor. Uh, may I introduce Mr. Temple? How do you do, sir? How do you do, Mr. Temple? Delighted to meet you. Thank you. Well, everything's ready, Superintendent. He's in the chaplain's room. How does he seem? Oh, surly. I doubt whether he'll be very cooperative. No. Well, he's all yours, Mr. Temple. I wish you luck. In this way, Mr. Temple. What's the big idea, Mr. Temple? What have you come to see me? Sit down, Midge. Make yourself comfortable. There ain't no comfort in this place. Oh. Well, have a cigarette. What you after, Mr. Temple? What's the game? No, no game at all. I played straight enough with you last time, didn't I? Whoa. Come on, light your cigarette and relax. Here. Thanks. First smoke I've had since they shoved me in this stinking hole. Yes, it was bad luck being picked up like that. I suppose you did do the job. Is that what you've come to find out? No, it's nothing to do with that, Mitch. I want your help over something else. What? Someone tried to murder me the other night. Murder you? Mm-hmm. Go on, you're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. It happened near Brighton at a place called Breakwater House. You ever been to Breakwater House, Mitch? No, I ain't. 
You know, that surprises me, because they found your fingerprints there in one of the rooms. I've been stuck in this flipping place for three weeks. I'm suggesting that you went to Breakwater House some little time ago, and that the person who invited you there was the person who tried to murder me. I don't know who you're talking about. I'm talking about Margot, alias The Fence. I never heard of anyone called Margot, and I ain't been a brand for years. Look, Midge, I don't want to scare you, but you're mixed up with a pretty slick bunch. Now, if I were you... Well, you're not me, Mr. Temple, so keep your flipping advice yourself. All right, Midge. If you won't talk, I'll have to have another word with that girlfriend of yours, that's all. My girlfriend? Yes, Sally Jackson. What do you mean, another word? I saw her yesterday afternoon, but she was so busy that she could hardly spare time to talk to me. You saw her yesterday afternoon? Yes. Where'd you see her? What was she doing? I told you, she was in the hairdressing salon of hers, working like a slave. You made a mistake. That wasn't so. What, she, she's loaded with dough now? She, she, she's gone abroad somewhere. Oh, that's what you think. What do you mean? When she discovered I was a friend of yours, she tried to borrow a fibre off me. That doesn't sound as if she was loaded with dough, does it? Oh, I don't believe you. All right. Fair enough. You don't have to believe me, Mitch. Oh, well, Governor, but looking at it from our point of view, the attitude of the average criminal isn't quite... Ah, there we are, Temple. Any luck? No, not much, I'm afraid. He is a surly little devil, isn't he? Yes, and I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw the little... You wouldn't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else we can do for you, Superintendent? No, thank you, sir. You've been extremely helpful. Oh, there is one small thing, Governor, if you'd be kind enough. Well, anything to help, Mr. Temple. During the next 24 hours, a postcard will arrive for Harris. It'll have a little drawing in the right-hand corner. I want you to make sure he gets it the moment it arrives. Yes, of course. But may I ask, how did you find out about this postcard? Yes. How did you find out, Mr. Temple... And who's going to send it? I am, Superintendent. Oh, it's you, Mr. Temple. Oh, sorry, Charlie, I left my key in the study. Well, that's all right, sir. Is this Temple in the drawing room? No, sir. She went out about half an hour ago. Oh? Where's she gone, do you know? No, she didn't say. She seemed in quite a flap. What do you mean, quite a flap? Well, it was just after she made the phone call. She came into the what kitchen. What phone call? Who did Mrs. Temple ring up? I don't know, sir. About two minutes later, Mrs. Temple popped into the kitchen and said she was going out. But didn't she say anything else? Oh, yes, sir. She said, I'm going out, Charlie, but if Mr. Temple gets home before I get back, just say... Well, just say what? Edgar Northampton. was the sixth episode of the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Margot Mystery, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Linda Kelburn was played by June Tobin and Midge Harris by Frank Partington. Production for the BBC was by Martin C. Webster.